What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Scott's already back. Welcome back to the Real Rundown. Today we're gonna discuss the new True Detective on HBO, and we're gonna discuss Self Relies, the new Jack Johnson movie. Uh, Scott's gonna give us a little recap on the Emmys, and um, yeah, we're back. How's the guys' weekend? You guys had a long weekend. I feel so welcome back, and I really want to thank you, Bruno. You're always welcoming back, and I I, 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 try. I feel very welcome. I feel very welcome. Do you, do you feel welcome, Pedro? I feel just like you feel, Scott. I feel I'm like my glad. intros are are less and less of a train wreck every every time. You know, it, it all comes down to the editing, but I'm so glad that we are mutually welcome. How was uh Did you guys enjoy a nice long weekend? Did you guys binge any shows? Well, I must say I was consumed with award shows, but I didn't go home with anything, but uh, plenty of others, but we'll, I'm sure we'll get to that. Pedro, do you watch anything cool this weekend? Uh, I, I watched a lot. I watched, uh, actually caught up on, not catch up, but I actually watched some old cartoons that I have access to now. Like old, old 90s cartoons, like Hey Arnold. What are you watching Hey Arnold? Is that Paramount? Nah, because my, my wife mentioned an episode that she remembered from way back when she was a kid. And I and I went I went on Paramount and looked it up. Which episode did you uh want to check out? Uh, it was the episode with the ghost train from season one. I never watched uh, Hey Arnold. Oh, I did. Me I neither. I don't remember which one is the ghost train. Me neither. I may have watched an episode here too, but I never like got into that show. I uh I watched some Beavis and Butthead, some of the new Beavis and Butthead on Paramount. Is that any good? Yeah. It's it's okay. It's not as good as the original, but it's okay. And I watched the watching the Spawn animated series that aired on HBO. It was like an adult animation that aired in 1998 and 1999. Uh, Very under the radar. A lot of people probably forgot about that. But I didn't even know that came out. I know the movie came out with John Leguizamo, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, I think he played the, the clown, the evil clown. Yeah. This was an animated uh, TV show, which uh, might have been one of the first on HBO. That's an animated show. So. Pedro, that water bottle is OD. Did you guys see this? <laughs> the Stanley water oh, bottle no, memes? Pl- pl- please, please, let's not. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's a. No, let's let let's not sidetrack this here. Let's go back. There's to like it. a craze over Stanley we, Water. We got we got. A, I, know, I need to read into it because yeah. I know there's like articles and like explainer videos on how that brand just blew up. Like for the last this two guy years. was like robbing a Starbucks because they had like the collab between Stanley Starbucks and. Oh my God! He like tried to rob a, a case, um, and then all the memes came out because there some of them are like ridiculously large. So you saw memes of people, people who were like got a giant garbage can and then like <laughs> a giant, like long cylinder tube. And we're like, this is my Stanley cup, putting it in their car. But how lazy are we that we have to walk around? We, we have these humongous bottles that we're counting around because we're too lazy to fill up the bottles more frequently. Aren't the bottles good because people are filling them up? Single use? 
Right, but how much water does someone need to walk around with at a getting given time? How far are they from the next place they need to fill up? I mean, we're going to reach the point that we're going to have to carry around <laughs> five-gallon jugs from Poland Spring. Struck and carry those around, drug, dry the, and, and, and chug those. My goodness, how much water does one person need to have? So the I'll give you like the quick... So Stanley's a company though uh, that they've made these uh, containers for like over a hundred years. They mostly for like men workers, uh, very low key but very good product. And then suddenly they rebranded and started uh, targeting a female, the female customer by like making them pink and smaller, and then doing these collaborations with Target and Starbucks and different brands. And they just like took off. That was it. That's all. That's that's pretty much it. Switch for them. Yeah, they were like a they were like a green flask that like a like some construction guy would carry on his lunchbox for like a hundred years. They made a pink bottle and now they like yeah women women you know took over that brand. I mean the product is good. It's it's a good quality. Yeah, they make they make good good quality stuff. If you want to get one now. You might have to fight someone. I just like I, I. It's it's just weird because like first there was that Yeti craze with the Yeti like bottles. Yeah, those um, are good too. And it's like, well, they serve the same purpose. So what's making one brand blow up? And like, and then it's all another brand man. blows up. Yeah, that, it's all marketing. It got pretty ugly though. Well, the the one I have, the reason I have this is because it. Tell us what like, you got. Has, they can't see. What is that? It has like a. It's just a big plastic water container that I got at, I think it was like Walmart or Target, but it has like a, has a tank there. Oh, okay. So it helps me keep my water schedule on. Cause the reason I have it is because I realized uh, after a long time that I don't drink enough water throughout the day. And I'm And I learned this the hard way when I went to get like a lab stun for blood work and stuff. Uh-huh. Oh, they picked that up. Drop, they couldn't. Yeah, they couldn't drop blood because they said I was dehydrated. I had to go back home and come back after like three days <laughs> of drinking water and Gatorade. So I have this. This helps me keep my count. It's like, what is this? This one's like 64, 68 ounces. So that's your and whole day. To, that's pretty much my whole day, and that's like not even enough. Oh yeah, but it's enough for me because it's. I don't know. For me, it's just hard to drink so much water. But not to drug this out any further, what time does the bottle start at? It's just from like, it goes from like 8 or 9 a.m. to like 9 p.m. So like are you getting up it. at 8 a.m. to comply with the bottle? No. I mean, I'll just, whatever time I wake up, I'll just drink up until that time. Oh, okay. So, so I just try to stay to the You'll have time. to make up for what a lot. What if you're out of the house? You take that with you? No, I don't. I'm not that type of person that carries around. <laughs> yeah, in that case, he has to chug. He has to chug to make up for the other hours he wasn't near it. I'll bring like a bottle of water. But did you hear the news of how much microplastic they've now found that are in water bottles? A lot. A lot. I can like way more than they. I mean, everywhere. Way more than it was initially anticipated. You got to go with the glass. Hence the Stanley, our new sponsor. Yeah. There you go. There's your reason for stopping. I can't wait to see that acquisition of our uh, an agreement of a new sponsor. I can't wait to see the RFP. Well, speaking of acquisitions, 
Uh oh. Uh, did you guys hear? <laughs> did you guys hear this one? <laughs> you guys hear uh, Tom Cruise and Warner Brothers I, I, have an official partnership? For a second there, I thought I was watching Jay Leno because he starts out every joke with, "Have you heard about this? Have you checked this yeah, out? Yeah, did I you was, hear I about was, this?" I must have had some uh, old Jay Leno memories repressed. I felt, I felt it. I felt it. Tom Cruise teaming up with Warner Brothers to produce um, a bunch of movies, and they've already kind of rumored that they're going to do um, Top Gun 3 and Edge of Tomorrow 2. By the way, I watched Top Gun 2. Go watch Top Gun Maverick. Uh, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Have you been dreaming that uh, that electric guitar riff in your head ever since you watched the movie? No. Which one? The oh, theme you're song? Gonna, you're going to make me do it? Yeah, do it. And then at the end, it's like really, really slow to build up yeah. the, the drama or they take it, they tep it, keep it down a step further slower. It's very, it makes you very emotional, that, that guitar riff. And um, so that's happening. So expect a lot of Tom Cruise... Tom Cruise is a guy I think you want on your team because he will champion the hell out of selling movie tickets and going for the movie theater experience. So he's a good guy to, uh, if you want to get people to the theaters, he's your guy. And then Oppenheimer's coming to Peacock February 16th. Uh, so for people who haven't watched it, um, I think that's huge for Peacock. So they Peacock just had this like very annoying NFL uh, cross-promotion where to watch this NFL game you have to have Peacock. So maybe this is a way to for them to keep people who are considering um, ending their subscription. Looking forward to Oppenheimer. Yeah, I think I think they said it was the first NFL game to ever be like streaming only or something like that. I think so. Or the first playoff game to ever be first streaming. First playoff I know Amazon, game. Amazon, first Amazon playoff had uh, like some- They have games, yeah. But they have Thursday night. I wanted to say what did I okay, here's what I want to say. I want to go back to the Ninja Turtles. I watched the Ninja, Ninja Turtles movie, which is also on Paramount. And the reviews say this movie's supposed to be amazing. Everyone's loved it. Um, but you know what? I don't like this movie. I didn't I found all the turtles to be very annoying and the humor to be very self aware and Nothing really new. It's kind of like the same writing that we've been accustomed to for the past eight to ten years. And I, I thought the animation style was really dope, but you can tell it was really influenced by what they did with Spider Verse. It's very similar. The colors are all different, but the it, but it looks similar. Uh, so it's definitely taking influence from that. But I just wasn't a fan of the movie. But I also like couldn't turn away because the animation was so dope. And, and the directing was really, really well done too. But did you did you like any of the previous like reincarnations of the Ninja Turtle movies? Um, the Michael Bay ones. I've been I didn't see either of them, but um, I did want to see the second one with Roxette and Bebop. Uh, I knew it was Nin Nin Ninja Turtle is like a franchise that every like four or five years they keep trying to revamp. And then they keep trying to revamp because I guess the previous one didn't hit as hard. But I don't know what they're trying to do because they just keep trying. And no, but this one was a hit. That, it, it it was well. Yeah, no, but no. Uh, I read that apparently this one might uh, they might get like do another one and continue. 
with this style. Yeah, they'll do another one. It was a huge hit, I think, at the box office and critically. So, uh, and at the end of the movie, they already teased the sequel. Um, I just didn't think it was like funny or yeah, doing anything new. I thought the turtles in this movie are are like kind of kids. Um, and I'm not saying like. I don't want to compare it to the original. Tonally, the original is very, very different. It was a little bit more mature. The turtles were older already. And uh, the yeah. tone was a little darker. It was like that. It was still like that late 80s, very gritty New York. Yeah, every iteration of Ninja Turtles, they seem to get younger. They seem to keep going for a younger and younger audience. The age backwards. Yeah. So you guys should check it out, Pedro. You might, you might. Yeah. yeah, it's been on my list to watch. Uh, while we're talking about Paramount, I'll just quickly mention I did watch uh, Good Burger 2. Oh. The weekend, too. That was something else I thought. And how was, was that? It was good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was a nice nostalgic trip. A lot of characters showed up again. And it's just a uh, you know, a good like hour and 25 minutes. Did yeah. you watch that before or after Hey Arnold? Before. <laughs> Just want to make sure where where our uh, where we are as far as like which which is top priority, and I guess Good Burger was higher priority. Scott, what are you gonna watch Good Burger? I need that review. You know, I you know, I, I just don't have that Paramount Plus subscription to be able to watch it. Get the free trial. Are there free trials? I don't know. I think that yeah, it'll it'll be free at some point. Well, that, yeah, or, you know, I, my news wa- my watch lists are so long that even if I got a free trial. I wouldn't have time to even use it. Well, from all the news coming out, uh, Paramount is struggling at how they're looking for the buyout. I'm sure you'll be able to get access to all that soon. I'm waiting for Paramount Plus and Showtime to be part of something else. <laughs> it'll be part. Of, it'll be part of. It'll be like Paramount Plus, Showtime Plus, something, something, and something. Speaking, let's stay on Paramount. I don't know why we're talking. We're giving Paramount a I lot don't of know. air time this I week. I have no idea. But. Um... My wife and I started watching The Cursed, which is the A24 series with uh, Ben Safdie. Or is it Ben or, or Dave? I don't know. And um, Emma Stone. And I always forget this other guy's name. Um, but it's it takes... The Curse is on Showtime. It's part of Paramount. Um, it's a really... The, the first episode is really uncomfortable. And I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. I can't tell if I like it. I don't know if I want to hang out with these people. I don't know if I want to spend time feeling whatever way this show makes me feel. But my wife really took to it. And then we watched the second episode. And then I really got into it. Um, is it is it Nathan Fielder? Yeah, Nathan Fielder. Theater? So it's okay. like... It's his. It's the show has like his fingerprints all over it. He's the he's the the creator, along with Safdie. Um, it's very strange. It's it's very uncomfortable. It has these long shots that just hold on a character, while they're just, you know, thinking in real time, or sitting with their thoughts before it sort of cuts away and he you see his his response or their reaction. I do see it's uniquely it's being released one episode a week, which is not traditional with a streaming show. Yeah, the last episode just released um, 
I think a couple of days ago, but we're only three in. So I do recommend the curse. I think it is something unique that um, and fresh that you're not really easily going to see somewhere else. So if you have a chance to check it out, I'll recommend it. I do definitely want to check it out when, if and when I get uh, on All right, should we continue? Scott, I know you're itching to talk about the Emmys. Well, you know, I, I will talk about the Emmys, but also uh, as part of over the weekend, we had a, the Critics' Choice Awards as well, uh, which I won't, we, we don't have enough time to, uh, to go over that. But what's unique about the Critics' Choice Awards is that it's, it's, it's similar to the Golden Globes because they do both TV and movies. Um, but the, the companion of it is, is that the, the awards that have been giving out, they've been giving out to who has been winning it, it's been across the board pretty consistent. Uh, Anthony Anderson hosted the ceremony, uh, and of course, he frequently incorporates his mother. Wait, are you talking about the Emmys now, not the, the Critics' yes. Choice? Yeah, the Emmys. Okay. So, uniquely what happens is is that Anthony Anderson winds up trying to figure out how to get his mother involved. Any any show that Anthony Anderson does, his mother's involved. So was that his time, real mom? I was wondering. Always his real mom. Okay. His real mom. So, every time someone's... Ex acceptance speech went long she would hold up a sign and yell at them and go like it's time to move it's you're speaking too long she would yell at them like right from like from a seat like in the like eighth to ninth row on the aisle she was sitting behind harrison ford yes exactly so, i'm sure he enjoyed that but of course when she brought up harrison ford there was a seat filler he wasn't there when <laughs> yeah. she mentioned it it's like i i love that i'm sitting behind harrison ford but he's not actually here uh, but the big winners uh, that dominated was uh, HBO Succession, which got six wins, which that show, this is its final chance to win, including uh, Best Drama, FX The Bear, got six wins, including Best Comedy. Uh, and also, I I never watched this show before, but Netflix Beef got five wins, including <laughs> Best Limited Series. Am I like the only one that's not watched this yet? Yes. I, I, okay. No, I watched it. I, I mentioned this in our year-end uh, episode that it was one of my favorite, if not probably my favorite. I only watched the, the first two episodes. I never finished it. It won uh, for a limited series slash movie slash special slash not traditional show. Well, um, it's, it seems like I know what it's about, but I, I guess when I find time, I have it on my, I added it to my watch list and I even noticed that Netflix didn't waste any time. It said Emmy award winner and they had it right underneath. So like the moment it got its first win, they made sure everyone knows that it is an Emmy award winner. Yeah. Everything, everything that won has, it's, like has that, that in their title now on any of the stream sites you go to. This was of course the delay of uh, the Emmys because of the writer's strike. Uh, and Hollywood strikes. It was delayed by four months, uh, but all these award shows are catching up. So coming up is the Academy Award nominees upcoming. Yeah, uh, we'll, in about we'll, a week or so, we'll cover those. Hey, do you guys remember Anthony Anderson from Hang Time? It Hang Time. It was like a NBC yeah. show similar to like Saved by the Bell. I'll always remember him from that show. He, I remember the name. That? I remember the title. I'm, it's not. I'm not drawing no. any conclusions right now. But I do remember. It is in my. It. I do remember it somehow. I, there was a show that Anthony Anderson was in. It was on Fox. It took place, I believe, in New Orleans, 
and he played a cop or something and i wind up that's how i got to know who he, I, I it's interesting that that's how i got to know who he was i think he was on he was on law and order before that but i'm like oh this show's probably really good and then all of a sudden he was on uh um, blackish eventually all these other shows all right let's move on let's go to main topic all right main topic just because we're getting tight on time uh we're going to talk to true detective and we're going to talk um self-reliance which is a new movie by jack johnson uh that premiered on hulu recently do you guys should we start with uh true detective real quick so okay let's go true detective um i realized when i was i just watched the episode like two hours ago um but i as i was like finding the episode i realized that the first season came out 10 years ago um right around this wow. time wow happy anniversary ago? true yeah. detective happy anniversary oh my god it 2014 does not... see here's something i i had trouble with when i was first what here's my first world problem i did not watch true detective with my max subscription so when i went in to watch it it started playing episode one season one I'm like no 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 no. i want to watch yeah it was trying to it was trying to do that to i want to watch season four even though it's considered a new season it's pretty much a completely different series yeah so, so now we're in alaska um and our main two characters are liz and navarro they're they're uh police officers investigators in two different departments one's like a, a trooper so the show opens with uh, these scientists who work in this remote location kind of base, not too dissimilar to the thing, and then they go missing. And they're kind of exploring just like um, human evolution. They're taking samples of the ice, etc. cetera. Um, that's what they're kind of doing there, and then they all go missing. Uh, we do one, see one of the scientists kind of like start, start the shake, and then he says, I think he says, um, she's awake. And then we sort of cut out of that scene and, and they're all missing. Um, before we sort of review and go into the details, in terms of like expectations, were you guys, is this was this a show you guys were looking forward to? When I saw the trailer, I was more interested in this season of true detective than the last two i mean the first one is ne you're never going to compare to the first one but then that like the two that followed up i di i haven't watched them but you know the reviews rank great a lot of people said they were weak but this one when i saw the trailer i i knew the story and like the the setting was right up my alley and i thought i thought it premiered on the perfect like weekend because like 80% of the country is under like a freeze warning right now. So you said it was right up your alley. What do you mean by that? Like the setting, just like, uh, a unique setting, you know, the, uh, last town in Alaska, uh, before the, I think they said it was the last sunset Arctic, Arctic circle. Yeah. Um, the, the sunset thing, the, however many weeks or days of just night that they have, the supernatural element that they were hinting at in the trailer. So I was excited to check it out and I wasn't disappointed. I'm really looking forward to finishing it and it's going to be short. I think I read it was only a six part miniseries. I think so. So this is, a, this was part one. Um, 
that's quite short that it's only going to be i didn't realize it was going to be only be six episodes so five months to go i didn't find myself getting into the first three seasons but now because uh, i watched oh it's a little the big that bruno almost fell off his chair just a second <laughs> there when i when i just want to make sure everyone knows bruno like i never seen him move so far back from his computer screen but yeah uh, yeah i watched the first episode of season one and then season two I wasn't able to get myself wrapped around it, but I, I feel different about this season. I'm sorry, hold uh, on. You watched the yes. first episode of season one, and then you watched yes. season two? Yes. All of season two or just the first episode? First episode. So you I haven't finished I gave it an audition. So you haven't finished any of the season? No, no, no. no. But they're, I, I... They're, that, That's for sure. I will admit they are like slow burns. At least season one was a slow burn and hard to watch. I... I I had to watch it twice to really understand the story completely. And it wasn't until sometime last year when I watched season one for the second time that I fully understood the story and that I missed a lot of details. Like I had to rewatch it at subtitles that like understand the name <laughs> what and everything and like That sounds you know, like a, you're just like the very lore, loyal to do the that. lore and everything to do with like the South and like that. You know, it all I understood it better. So looking forward to also looking forward to this one. Scott, go ahead, continue. That you're very loyal to watch it more than once to to get your head wrap around it. But as far as the season um, coming up, um, do you think you'll continue? Because this is a episodic like show, so it's not going to be released every you know the all everything all at once. This is not a binge enabled type of show. You have to wait every week. So do you find yourself tuning in for the next five weeks to watch it? I find myself interested in getting involved. Damn, I don't, I don't believe you, bro. <laughs> you don't believe me? You don't believe me? You know what? I can tell you right now. I pressed that plus, so it's on my watch list. Okay, it, it'll be the the Sunday I, activity. Yeah, Sunday night activity for the rest I'm of back, the winter. I'm back to watch when 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 uh, John Oliver comes back. I don't see. I don't know if John Oliver comes back before this because then I'll be True Detective, and then John Oliver. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna tune in. I don't. I like the week to week format. I think it's fine. Um, I actually prefer it over the the entire season drop just because. Just because it gives me a sort of a longer experience with the show, um, and it gives room to sort of breathe and consider each episode before just uh, clicking on to the next one. Um, so I'm glad you guys liked it. My initial reaction was was a little bit mixed, but towards the end of the episode, I did come around to to really liking it and appreciating it more. Um, the opening, I felt. I didn't love the opening just because it was 90% CGI um, and it wasn't great CGI. Um, and I feel like if you're going to open a show that has this weight on it already and you're going to, it's going to be all CGI, like the wide shot of the, of the Eskimo or native didn't look great. And then the, the elk, obviously like that didn't look good at all, especially like that last slow motion shot where the guy like hung in the air, like cartoonishly, I was like, okay, this is not great start. And then they have another CGI animal later towards the end, which again, like it just doesn't look good. Um, and then I, I felt that 
aside from that, then this show sort of settles um, and we get to introduce introduction to Liz and the scientists and sort of get start learning about the mystery and kind of what happened. I feel like the middle of the show, we are introduced to so many characters in this episode. And then their characters have other characters that they're related to. And just it was just like an ever-expanding um, spider web of, char- of additional characters and their relationships with other characters. And I think I got a good grasp on who's who and, and what they mean to each other. But I thought that the show spent a good 30 minutes just going scene by scene, sort of building these little uh, building blocks. Did you guys, did you guys notice all the re- like there were so many references and like hints at stuff throughout this like obviously the main one was uh towards the beginning of the episode when uh is it liz that goes uh jody foster's character that when she's first walks in to investigate the the uh the research station they have uh she's in front of the tv with the all the movies oh and, like, yeah the thing the thing like VHS or like DVD is like yeah. clearly. I only there. saw that on Twitter. Someone shared. It came across my Twitter feed. Yeah, um, so I, I thought it was cool that they they threw that in as a reference, as obviously you know it's a very similar plot, and you know there were like books that they moved around that they showed uh, the title of one or two books. I thought that was cool. I don't know if you guys caught it too, but also when they they also revealed obviously that they were. Oh, they were searching for like, you know, origins and like the origin of life and stuff like that. But then a lot of the a lot of the characters have uh, names of like famous authors, like one of the like what like a child was named Darwin. Yeah, and, yeah. Someone yeah. And it goes hand in hand with like the search for origin of life and like, you know, I think uh <laughs> And he's drawing uh, like a monster. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I drew this. It's like what? Yeah, like you know, and, like, and and some of the some of the other characters also uh, were named after like authors, like Ralph Waldo Emerson. I think is one. It's okay, a lot of, I I only picked up one author. I only picked up the on the on the Darwin kid. Uh, I was really impressed by Jodie Foster's character with dissecting the sandwich that was left on the kitchen counter. Knowing that was a good moment. How old every? Knowing how old everything is. Well, it's been two days because the, 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 you know, the smoked ham is this, you know, the salami and this, and, you know, knowing how old it is. There's a ton of breadcrumbs, right? It alludes to the fact, like, that was a great scene. That scene alone had, like, two things that they threw at you. One was the sandwich thing when she noticed the sandwich, but she referenced that when she had a kid. Uh, she's, something about when you have kids, you sort of, you, you deal with spoiled food or something. And then she threw back at, at her colleague, who's also uh, a cop, but he's he he ranks below her, suggesting that um, he's a bad father, and the other more junior officer is actually his son. So there's a lot of subtle sort of uh, exposition there, and other characters do that as well. That I did like um, because in the first episode, like one of the things I didn't like was that. They force so many characters on you, but I do appreciate that they leave a lot of subtlety and don't really like hit you over the head with exposition. They're they're very subtle with it. What do you guys think the Ferris Bueller on nonstop repeat was about? I don't know. 
because Liz had a very negative reaction to as soon as she could. If she, she noticed she, it, she like tried to break through. The... Yeah, but she heard it from the other room and immediately stopped what she was doing and went there to, to kind of turn it off. And then she says, "You know, I don't like the Beatles." But her, wow, what's up, Scott? I found my I found myself after hearing it for so long. I'm like, all right, enough of the song already. Let's cut. Let's cut it off. Let's cut it off. Enough. I I like the song, but not on loop. I think it maybe it hints at at something. Um, for her, maybe the, you know, the creature, the spirit, whatever. She's always making fun of like this idea of like, uh, of these. She's making fun of you know the Native American idea of like believing in spirits and things. Like she makes fun of it a couple of times. So maybe this is a way of the spirit, if it is a spirit, sort of mocking her by having a song play that she hates by a band that she hates, um, and she kind of loses her cool a little bit. I'm sure we'll find out what it's all about in a future episode or two. You think so? <laughs> well, they they also introduced everything's got to connect somehow. Everything they, they also introduced uh, an actual ghost, Travis, which was the ghost that pointed out towards the end of the episode the yeah. bodies of the where the bodies of the uh, scientists were sort of buried under the snow. So, you know, it's not all hinting at supernatural. They're actually putting the supernatural out there out and about this this guy this gave me a this gave me some x-files vibes too i'm sure like oh yeah out of the many x-files episodes there was probably one where they went to like the arctic circle or something yeah i thought that guy travis um because at the end um navarro's character is like how did you find this how did you even know they were here and uh rose so rose is uh She's kind of looks like she lives like isolated, kind of in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. but she's definitely not in that town. Uh, and she's like, "Oh, Travis told me." And Navarro says, "What do you mean, Travis has been dead?" So it could be that she's having visions, or maybe it's she didn't really see him. Maybe it's like some kind of sign. You know, I interpret it not as like he was physically there, but maybe she, she. I don't know, some, had some kind of vision that maybe she saw him, but he wasn't actually there for others to see him, if that makes sense. Um, is is this the most, like, supernatural season of True Detective so far? Absolutely. Because they never, you, none of the, ep, the other seasons, I didn't watch season two. I, t I think I watched two episodes and it was just so bad. Um, but the season one and three are very similar. In how they handle this uh, metaphysical, spiritual, you know, whatever, um, they're really like in that line, and it's up to you ultimately, I think, to interpret a lot of it. And this one, I feel like they're more forthcoming with with the idea. Um, yeah, that's what I thought. Obviously, at the end, it answers. It asks more questions than it answers, obviously, but it. Um, I think they do a lot of a great job of dropping little hints about the characters, about the story at large. And I think once we get further down the the storyline, we'll sort of appreciate that. It's like it's like you said, Pedro. You went back and rewatched season one to really pick up on those finer details and really it lets you appreciate um, more of the story. 
Yeah, I feel like this one's more upfront, though. You know, they're, it's more in your face, so it's easier to follow, and it's just they're kind of not hiding. There's Excel a couple of things you know. like, like the other officer. Why was he hiding the files? Why was he keeping the files in his yeah apartment? Yeah, definitely a shady subject, right? Um, dude is marrying a Russian bride. What's up with that? <laughs> like maybe that's just a funny sidebar. I don't know, but each character has like a little, a little question mark to them. Even when uh, we saw that drunk driver crash in front of Liz and her daughter. There was one moment where we sort of got this brief, brief flashback of Liz uh, as she took a step. And I'm sure we're going to go back to more flashbacks uh, to figure out what that was and what that means to her. So there's still a lot to uncover. But yeah, I'm excited to to continue with the series. And I, it's good that HBO has another marquee show um, on its platform because I feel like it's been a while. Final thoughts? Check it out. It's a must. It's a must, yeah. Um, let's move on to self-reliance. We're we're low on time. But um so self-reliance is a movie by Jack Johnson. I don't know if this is like his directorial debut or or, or not. It's Jake 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 Johnson. Jake sorry, Johnson. Jake Johnson. Well J Jake Johnson directed it. He was listed as a writer and stars in it so yeah yeah it's just his baby this is his it, baby. it sounds like a production i did when i was 14 where i gave myself credit for everything but no i he but it's, it, the only thing is he actually did all that he did all that so he's i've seen he's I've like seen, that guy that, that i've that seen guy. everywhere but i don't know from where um and uh he's in uh his big show is new girl which i've never watched you know you it was only on for seven years six or seven years from 2011 to 2018 so there was plenty of years to watch it it was on uh, uh i think i don't know if he was on every episode but it was on well it uh, was like a, it, it was, was a on, network show so yeah it was a know, network show it was uh that it was on 146 it. episodes according to imdb it was on fox it was on fox final season was on fox so the movie is about this guy who's kind of going nowhere in life and he gets approached with an offer from Andy Samberg for some reason he's a big Andy Samberg fan and he offers him a million dollars if he takes part in this game that supposedly exists in the dark web uh, where he has to survive for 30 days without being killed if he survives he gets a million dollars if he gets killed obviously he gets death but if he's with someone he cannot be killed he's immune um, that's basically the premise of the movie. And when I saw the trailer, I immediately thought of a movie called Surviving the Game with Ice T. Um huh. do you guys do you guys know that movie? I I'm I know I've, I've heard of it, but not before. the movie. I don't think I've watched it, but I'm familiar with it. It's really good. Um, I think. I haven't watched it in a long time. But it's basically a similar plot where these really wealthy people take homeless or disadvantaged people off the streets. They pay them. They take them to a remote island or location. And then wealthy people pay to hunt real humans. Um, instead of like hunting lions or something, they want to step it up and they hunt real human beings. Um, I recommend it. Gary Busey's in it. Um, 
and this other guy, what's his name? He's he's the main uh, Rutger Hauer. I think that's how you pronounce Rutger How Rutger Hauer. Yeah, the, the, I think he's a German or Austrian all time one of the all time greats. Yeah, great villain. Eighties flicks. So that's what I was. I was like, okay, this is like a bit of like a lighter, more of a comedy. Um, and when he had that bit where in the trailer, like he's with his best friend and he wakes up in the middle of the night, his best friend's missing, and he's like. I told you you had to be next to me, or otherwise I can be killed. And he's like, "What do you want? I'm taking the shit." <laughs> like that was that. I think that was the part of the trailer that sold me because I got yeah. like a huge laugh out of it. <laughs> Same. But that was the, that might have definitely been like the funniest moment in the whole movie. The, Probably the only moment in the movie that made me laugh. Um, it wasn't that. It wasn't that funny. No. The, throughout the movie, there weren't a lot of jokes. It wasn't that funny. It was more of like building on sympathy for this character yeah um and i don't that, know and if that, he deserved it like yeah i think that's what made the movie like like i don't know the movie felt weird you know like it's a comedy but it's it it's not all comedy it's not all funny it's tried to be a so romance it, it, it gave me yeah it gave me a, a it, gave, it was like a weird vibe i got a weird vibe from it there's a i had a lot of question marks so one of my notes here is that the movie's never funny. Uh, other than that, but I didn't laugh in the movie because I was already waiting for that. I laughed in the trailer uh, for that scene. Um, right away, as soon as, in the first 10 minutes, he explains the whole movie. He Like what I just explained to you, he's like a lonely guy who, who wants to break away from his routine and, and step up you know, in his life. Like he literally tells you that. He tells not you, the viewer, but not you, the viewer, directly, indirectly, but he tells uh, other characters in the show. So it kind of tells you, well, this is what the movie's about for this character, sort of breaking the mold and and, and getting out of this rut. Um, and the movie explains a lot of stuff. Um, but I just thought he constantly made terrible choices. Um, he would constantly put his life at risk, but although... The movie never puts him in any danger in any way, right? Like he's never in any danger. He just all he just walks around feeling scared of like looking out windows, and and that was mostly the just the hijinks of the the danger he was in, or just someone was chasing him. But I felt that they got into the plot too quickly. So it's like he 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 walk he's like walking down a street, like all right, it's Andy Samberg. Oh, I hate my life. Okay, I'll. I'll I'll make a different turn. Yeah, exactly. They did. I think that was in the first five minutes that they get right into the, you know, the the genre aspect of it right away. They don't really spend, you don't spend, I think it's a montage. It opens with a montage of him waking up, exercising, going to work, and then walking back to work. And that's about, <laughs> that's probably less than five minutes. And then he's in the limo already. It not to insult Jake, sorry, but it felt like it was a like a Hallmark Channel storyline technique where all of a sudden there's car, you know, it's all of a sudden they just go right in and they you don't get to know anybody and you just dive right in, right. So you don't really feel for him, and he kind of just accepts this. So there's these two like Swedish blondes with long hair, old dudes in an empty warehouse and they propose this game to him. My reaction would be, no, thank you. This is insane. 
I might even call the cops. I don't know. But he's like, he, he kind of just goes right for it. He never really considers what he has to lose, what this could potentially mean for his family, any risk whatsoever. He's well, I think that was the point of that montage and everything at first, that he's got nothing going for him. And I think he might he might even say a line when he's when they propose it to where he says, I got an illusion, let's go for it or something. Yeah, yeah. But you don't feel it, right? Because you if he has to tell you to tell you, then that's already a, a, a bad move in a movie, I think. His level of suspicion of Andy Samberg driving in a limousine that happens to be on the street that he's on and does not question what is wrong with Andy Samberg when driving in a limousine next to him. It does not, not, that does not even come to mind. I like to Andy Samberg's performance there. Um, he's clearly doing it for the money, but like in the role, he's doing it for the money, even though he doesn't say it until like later in the film. Uh, I yeah. just kind of like, it's kind of like a meta sort of role that he plays. He's playing himself, playing himself. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was. Actually, I did. I did laugh a few times with him because uh, he's like, "Why are you saying yes so fast? <laughs> it's like, why are you saying yes to this?" Um, yes, yes. So that was witty, but I wasn't chuckling verbally. Yes, I had three major. I had a lot of major problems with this movie, but here's, I want to go over these three. Um, this is not a major problem. I actually thought this was a highlight, but I thought it, they could have turned it into something really good. So he meets this old man who's homeless, Walter, who he calls James. And he's like, I'll pay you. Just be like my shadow. That way I don't get killed and we can win this thing. They could have given that character, James, a similar story, like some kind of emotional arc, like they did with Blue in old school, where he's like, part of them and then he passes away and then it's like this meaningful moment but and I thought they could have done something similar with that James character and he at the end he's just gone because the game guys were like oh yeah we just paid him and put him in a hotel and that's like the end of his story it's pretty it ends up being kind of meaningless and then my other gripe was with the girl Maddie who he ultimately meets so he meets Maddie she responds to a Craigslist ad that he has asking if there's anyone else in the game. She says yes, and she meets up with him. But as soon as they go back to her place, she's like, tells him this emotional story about her father. She later confesses that it was all a lie. And then later again, she makes a confession that she wasn't even in the game, and that was all a lie. And that was, predict that was predictable. You could tell like after... After a few scenes, after she was introduced, that she was just she wasn't really playing the game. That I thought that was pretty predictable. So if she's not, then like she's not a, a really a redeemable character. She just lies the whole movie, and she's sleeping with him in her bed in her home. So like, was her mom lying too? Because she was at the bar, and is her mom okay with her going to a hotel with this guy for who knows how long? It was just like. They didn't really wrap that up. Uh, and I think it, it made her seem like a bad person in the movie because she lies about these pretty important things. Um, basically, their whole experience is a lie. Um, and then the other thing... Go ahead, you want to say something about that? No, I was just saying they also leave her like... They leave off on a bad note 
when she yes. reveals that they were lying and she's like, you know, she she just like closes the door of her house on him, whatever. And then they leave it at that. We never see her again. There's right. no redemption to her. Like they don't get back together or anything. But, you know, he says at the end of the movie that one of the best, you know, that like I think in a voiceover or something when he's going over like what he learned from this experience is like, oh, that met this great girl, you know, but it's like <laughs> the last time we saw you guys, she was shutting the door on you. I didn't want want to keep playing this game with you. Yeah. And you're right. They don't. They never show her again. It just it's him saying that he's gonna go back to her. And it's supposedly this idea that, you know, they're gonna get back together. But I'm just like, why? Um and then another weird thing was like, you know, his dad apparently disappeared when he was a little kid. There's this huge, like, you know, emotional scene where he retells that story. But then his dad comes back for like one second <laughs> and he, there's nothing there. I don't know. It's just he doesn't ask him where he's been, what's going on, why he left. Like, there's no closure whatsoever. It feels like such an insignificant throwaway moment. Uh, and it's never really addressed again either. It's just, I thought the movie really failed, man. Like, I watched the whole thing, and I I was like, this is fine. But it's just failed so bad. It was, it, I agree I agree with all your all your gripes. I the I was left thinking at the end this is just fine too. I think those three characters that you mentioned, I had the same exact thoughts on them. One of my thoughts with this uh character, this homeless guy, was also like, why did he then start hooking up with this girl and spending all her time with her when he already had this guy who was gonna fulfill that role? Yeah. Like so that was a question. The thing with the dad, it, it was unexpected. It was like a in the movie it just goes to that but I it, think by, it goes by, nowhere it goes nowhere yeah it comes in and out in one scene um i don't think his family even really believes him that he saw him. <laughs> no um, exactly my, my my main thing with the movie was it kept the same pacing throughout from beginning to end so it was like it would it's easy for someone to get bored fall asleep or just fall off of the movie there's no real tempo to it. Um, but what I did like is that, and I wanted to ask you guys this, um, why do you guys think that there wasn't a twist at the end? Because I I was waiting throughout the whole movie for like a twist to happen. You know, I thought it was going to be like Joker or something. They're going to reveal at the end that like, oh, this guy has mental health issues. He's just imagining this game and all this stuff. But they never actually go to it it's hinted at you can come to that conclusion yourself and i i like that because i i you know obviously i don't like movies that hold your hands or just explain things but you could look at it from that way and if that's what you put together from this movie you could watch the whole movie again and it'll make sense that he was just making it because no one else saw these characters that he was seeing that were trying to kill him or anything like that um the girl herself um that he hooked up with, she got freaked out when he started like really getting like paranoid about these things. Um, or you could just see it, you know, how they presented the movie, which was like, it's actually happening, but you know, it's like this guy has this personality where like nobody believes him and stuff. So you could see it both ways. I like to see it as this guy has some, you know, mental health issues that 
his family and friends and people at work are aware of. That's why they don't question him bringing like a homeless guy to work and <laughs> talking about someone's trying someone's trying to kill him all the time and stuff. But they're kind of just like letting him go along with it. Um, but I was waiting. I was waiting for the reveal to happen, and it never happened. Well, it, it, there was a point where when he was talking to his family, they were automatically not believing him, as if there was a there was a previous backstory to it that he does not tell the truth, or he comes up with uh, storylines to his life that they're that they they lost all. Uh, confidence on what he was describing. Yeah, yeah. They never believed. Yeah, like him. it. Yeah, it, I, I, I see what you're saying, Scott. Like they, they kind of saw this like, oh, it's just him being him, but like more to an extreme right now. Yeah, my, why, why I didn't really buy that as a qualifier for their reaction was. They were like, oh, remember you had that episode in high school where you're like, I don't know, you said you were friends with Michael Jackson or something. And I'm like, yeah, but this guy's like 40. Like, I get like a high school thing, but if you're bringing up high school stuff, like half of his life already has passed since then. Like, I don't think that really is a good example of remember that one time. If it was like, remember a year ago where something happened, sure. But... I yeah, I guess it's hard to believe when someone is like he was also like so nonchalant about it, you know? He wasn't really convincing and the stuff he was saying was yeah, it's easy to dismiss cuz he's kind of an idiot about it, to be honest. Like I if I if you know, if a normal person was at, in those circumstances, I think they would be they would have a different reaction. A different tone or a different way to communicate not just like show up with a homeless guy and you know have all these expectations already without having to convince anyone but i think if you're i i think your point of view is valid pedro or maybe it's all in his head but i feel like that's letting the director off the hook a little bit and like you i kept watching because i was waiting for the twist at the end I was like, whatever it is, I'm here for it. Like, the movie's not that bad. I like Anna Kendrick, and I like Jake Johnson. I think they're good. I was but, thinking, as, uh, I was even thinking in more detail of if he's on this game show, uh, I don't, did anyone could walk over to him to have him sign a release to be, <laughs> you know, photographed? This guy's thinking of the technicals. It's like, what, Annie Sandberg just shows up, and then all of a sudden he's like, you're on, you're on this TV, reality TV show, and no one... You know, even people on Undercover Boss know they're on a show. They just don't know it's Undercover Boss. They know it's a docu, a very odd documentary that someone happens to want to open up his own sandwich shop and he wants to follow this, you know, wants to train his, he may want to open a sandwich shop by himself. Like, that didn't at all come to mind at all, but I guess he's not used to being on TV. Yo, he did have that, he did have that exchange with the other guy at who responded to his Craigslist ad at the bar who told him this is a game show. It's a comedy. It's called the uh, delusions of grandeur or something. And then that guy, his dad shows up and he calls him and suddenly he has to leave. And that's always, yeah. That, that's another question with this movie is like, why do all these middle-aged people have their parents around them all the time? <laughs> yeah. Are they just, they're just like, we're just assumed that they're just all losers that, live with their parents yeah. and still have their parents around. Um, 
but that that other guy he met i that that's kind of like a turning point in the movie where you're just like okay well this is real that you know this guy's revealing like what you know that he found some truth about it and everything but you could also look at it that he's just some guy that answered a craigslist ad and it's just playing along like this like real life role playing game like the like anna kendrick's character was and he's just leading him on you know and yeah the end doesn't really go anywhere i thought it was silly when he does uh, he ultimately does survive the 30 days and then they just change the rules on him where they're like okay this is the end of the game if you want we'll drop you off at your house but you don't get any money or you can continue and i'm like so the guy already survived just give him his money why you you basically saying you know doing the old switcheroo on him which bothers me because that's like you make that agreement not just with the character but with the audience and when you change up the rules at the very end i felt cheated a little bit i i if i was that character i'd be like where's my diary room where is someone going to interview me and ask my third party thoughts <laughs> to, to edit it into the show like where where's my close-up why don't i give my thoughts so how did the show end for you guys what was the ending was did he... you not make it? Did you not make it to the end of no, the movie? No, I did, but I I, I oh, didn't okay. really understand. So he gets back to the warehouse. There's everyone clapping for him, congratulating him. He gets the money. But what was it? Was it was it like a Swedish or Finnish? He said it was reality like, show. Uh, well, he said he was paid in 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 uh, like Krona. Yeah, in a, in that currency. But it's like oh, and you still got a million. Yeah, like why even make they that? They said a, they specifically like, said a million dollars, didn't they? Not a million. They did. Unless like a unless a billion kroner is equal to like two dollars and fifty cents. No, but they said dollars, is. and then he was like, "Yeah, I'll convert it, but they're gonna pay me like four G's a month for for life or whatever." So he got the money. The kroner thing was just a weird thing that didn't I guess his, I guess his life didn't really change in the long run. Just he just had an additional thirty days where he was just, well. I went, well, I get, you don't know what happened afterwards. Like, did he go back to his job? Did he, you know, he, like, did anyone wonder where he went for 30 days? But again, this is part of this whole thing where it's up to you. Like, what do you want to believe in? Because we don't see him get the money and be rich and, like, be, like, you know, worry-free. This million solved all his problems. We don't see that, you know? Yeah, no. And he didn't go he didn't go anywhere during this game. He stayed in his regular life. You know, he still went to work. He <laughs> yeah. still saw his family. Like he it's not like he went to like another country to not get killed or anything. Like like I said, he nothing really changed in his life during this period of time other than this girl that he met, which is supposed to be the character arc that you know, the closure to his you know, he had this bad breakup, now he found this girl, but like I would love to see like an interview or like a podcast interview with Jake, uh, with uh, Jake Johnson about this to see what you know what he's trying to what say. exactly this is about. or like a you know like an audio track on like a home release or something. <laughs> I wonder why there was a well, there were several references of Michael Jackson. Like what was that? I've got more, I've got more questions than answers. What was that reference of Michael Jackson when he was at you know outside that restaurant or club and he was wearing a Michael Jackson jacket? Well, so these are things that he's 
from his past, right? So he had a phase where he loved Michael Jackson. He had a phase with his ex-girlfriend where they were big fans of Ellen DeGeneres. And then one of the hitmen is Ellen DeGeneres. The, um, Andy Sandberg. But the Andy Sandberg didn't... I don't know how that fit. He is a big Andy Sandberg fan. He admits... A lot of questions. A lot of questions. I want answers of why these were what 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 was the behind these written references. I'm gonna I'm gonna come to the conclusion that this was his breakup was such a traumatic experience that he came up with all these characters and all these things in his head with little pieces of his past relationship, like you said, Bruno, the Michael Jackson, the Ellen DeGeneres thing. This, you know, everything is just a combination of all these little bits and pieces of his traumatized traumatization that he had after this breakup. And this is all playing out in his head as a way for his body to naturally heal himself from all the stuff. And that's why you're seeing chunks of this and that and why he had to go back to his ex-girlfriend and get closure and stuff. That's going to be my conclusion for the movie and me seeing it like that you know, makes me think it's an okay movie and not hate the movie. Okay. Fair enough. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. Will you take that, Scott? Yeah, I'll, I guess, you know. We'll take it. We'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. We'll just, we'll have to, this movie just came out, so we'll have to wait for a Jake Johnson interview somewhere. Since it's a straight-to-streaming movie, it's not like, a, you know, it's a theatrical release and they're doing, like, media rounds, so we may never hear from this guy. Yeah. Go watch, go watch the movie, Self-Reliance. It's on Hulu. Um, all right, we'll leave it there, guys. We're running late. Uh, like, subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs>